Welcome to Five Things About. I'm Chris Hatzes. Five Things About is for you and your inner curious cat. The part of you that just loves to know what others know about inventions, ideas, people and places. You've heard the proverb, curiosity killed the cat. The rest of the proverb is, but satisfaction brought it back. So go on, knock yourself out and bring yourself back. Today we explore five things about stroke rehab environments. With one in six Australians having a stroke in their lifetime, many people require rehab after suffering a stroke. By the time you finish listening to this podcast, another person will have had a stroke in Australia. Stroke rehab starts in hospital, continues in rehab institutions, and is a costly exercise. With rehab costs amounting to $1.6 billion per year, it's important to research stroke rehab environments. Our host today is Jan Chamberlain, Program Manager at the Centre of Research Excellence in Stroke Rehab and Brain Recovery from the Florey Institute of Neuroscience and Mental Health at the University of Melbourne. She's talking to Ruby Lipson-Smith, who's pursuing a PhD at the Florey Institute. She has a background in psychology and neuroscience and a long-standing interest in architecture, which she is now beginning to incorporate into her research. Let's start at the beginning, Ruby. What is a stroke? A stroke is a catch-all term to describe lots of different things that all involve a lack of blood supply to an area of your brain. So it's a, it's called a sudden onset neurological condition. And depending on which part of your brain lacks blood for however long it might be, you get varying amounts of damage from a stroke. So we need a constant supply of blood to our brains. And if this is cut off for too long, then there's permanent damage to that part. So mostly we think of people getting a stroke in older age. Mm. So is that true? And who does get a stroke and why? Well, no, that's not true. I mean, a lot of people who have a stroke are older, but you can get a stroke at any point in your life. Even children can have strokes. And sometimes we don't know why someone had a stroke, but there are cardiovascular risk factors the general ones which are also associated with having a stroke, things like obesity and high blood pressure and also smoking. And after you have a stroke, is recovery possible? But yes, recovery is definitely possible. Our brains are actually very good at adapting to change. And if you can recover the supply of blood to your brain very quickly, then there can be no damage at all. So we have very, very good what's called clot busting drugs that if they're administered in the first few hours after someone's had a stroke, you can actually completely reverse the effects of stroke, which is why it's so important to call an ambulance straight away if someone has any kind of sudden neurological change, like their face droops or one side of their body can't move or they have trouble speaking. Obviously, not everyone is going to be able to get those drugs in the first few hours after a stroke, which means that It's much harder and a longer process to recover, but it's definitely still possible. And that's where rehabilitation comes into it. That's where people need to relearn the skills that they might might have lost as a result of stroke. So, for example, relearning how to speak or relearning how to use an arm or relearning how to walk. And that can take months or years. And it usually starts off in a hospital where people will stay for however long they need to, usually weeks or months. And then that kind of treatment and that therapy will continue once you're discharged and go home. 
So it's really important to remember the acronym FAST, which is FACE, arms, speech and time, which is time to call the ambulance immediately. Yeah, that's right. It's been a very um, successful public campaign, but it's also important to remember that there are some strokes that don't exhibit like that. So you might not have a problem with speech or a problem with your arm, but if there's any kind of sudden change, then it's worth calling an ambulance. What can influence stroke patient rehabilitation? Lots and lots of things. (laughs) Um, What I'm interested in is how the hospital environment can influence recovery, but it's everything from the area of the brain that's damaged after you've had a stroke or how extensive that damage is, but also the age and the health of the person who had a stroke, how long it took them to get treatment, and also the type and extent of therapy that they're getting when they're in rehabilitation, so how much practice they have doing the movements that they need to do, what kind of therapy the clinicians are doing with them. Uh, Things like physical exercise and practising movements over and over again uh, in different contexts means that you usually will be able to recover better to have more generalisable function. And also your mood can influence your recovery too. So stress is actually a bad thing for neuroplasticity, which is the process in your brain that you need to occur for you to regain function after you've had a stroke. If you feel very bored or depressed or disempowered, then it can be very difficult to motivate yourself to do the therapy that you need to do to recover. So getting better after a stroke isn't just about getting the right treatment? No, it's not just about that. And even if it were just about that, there are so many things that impact whether you will get the right treatment or not, or how effective that treatment will be. So I'm interested in how many of the things that influence recovery, so from the time to treatment to the staff that administer it, will be influenced by the built environment that you're in. And I'm specifically interested in how that will affect the patient's mood and their motivation and then how successful they will be in rehabilitation. So how are stroke rehab and healthcare design connected? Well, uh, our mood and our motivation can be influenced by the environment that we're in. So the actual design of hospital buildings can make you feel a particular way and therefore change how much you participate in therapy. And is there an evidence base for this healthcare design? And has that been used in stroke or with other conditions? Well, that's what I'm hoping to find out, actually. We don't really know that yet. It's not a new idea that our behaviour is impacted by the environment because we're a very adaptable species and we've moved all over the world as humans and adapted to whatever environment we're in. Stroke rehab is all about adaptation. The bits that are not damaged take over the functions of the bits that have been damaged. It's a neuroplastic adaptive process, the same as any kind of learning process that we do. So adapting after stroke recovery is a much more difficult version of adapting in any kind of environment. And so there is an evidence base for the healthcare design and that's used for other conditions and we're talking about it in stroke or you want to study that? Yes. It's used in other conditions, mostly has been used for things like infection control. So that's the idea of making buildings that influence people's behaviour so that they don't spread germs as much. Uh, It's also been used quite a lot in mental health settings to try and 
improve people's mental health by having more natural features. And it's been used quite a lot in aged care or residential facilities to try and improve the quality of life of people there by making them more friendly and home-like spaces. So from a practical viewpoint, do we know how health environments help stroke recovery yet? There's been a lot of animal studies about how the environment will impact an animal after it's had a stroke. Mice or rats that are in a cage with more stimulating things, interesting toys and opportunities for exercise and other animals to play with, recover much more quickly from stroke and from other neurological conditions than a rat or a mouse that's in a standard, quite boring housing. That concept of a stimulating environment has just recently been applied in a stroke rehab setting. There's just pilot studies trialling it to see whether having that extra stimulation increases people's neuroplasticity and therefore helps recovery after stroke. So rats or mice in an environment which has um, stimulation in it, such as toys and perhaps those little wheels that they run around in, they have a better recovery after they've had a stroke. Yes, they recover more quickly in both physical exercise and also in cognitive abilities as well. Based on your research so far, what do you think a perfect stroke rehab space might look like? Well, it has to be a mixture of lots of things, which is complicated. It has to be stimulating, as I mentioned, but people who've had a stroke also need a lot of rest. So there has to be opportunities for quiet, calming spaces as well. And I also mentioned that people need a lot of motivation in order to be able to do the therapy that's required after you've had a stroke. It's very difficult to repeat the same physical motion over and over again or to retry how to speak over and over again when you're having so much trouble. And so the spaces that you're in really need to motivate people to do those things, whether it be the exact repetitions that they need to do for therapy or whether it be physical exercise more generally, which is itself a promoter of neuroplasticity. So I would say that therefore the environments also need to be motivating. And I think they also need to be designed in a way that minimises the stress for the patient. Hospitals are obviously very stressful environments. They can be really difficult to find your way around in and very intimidating, which means that if it's designed to be more friendly or more welcoming a more home-like perhaps even, which is something that's been applied in psychiatric hospitals, then perhaps that will work to help eliminate stress for the patient. And likewise, if it's easier to find your way around, so there's good wayfinding, then you will have less stress. And that's beneficial for neuroplasticity too. There's also been some research that's indicated that natural aspects, so nature or views of nature, can be beneficial for a lot of medical conditions and One theory is that the reason for that is because they're calming and they de-stress, but it might also be because they're a naturally stimulating thing too. They've got lots of different colours and textures and movements involved. There was one piece of research in the 1980s which really pushed off a lot of the evidence-based design research that I'm now involved in. It was looking at the past medical records of hundreds of patients who'd been recovering from surgery in hospital. Some of these patients had happened to have been allocated to a room that looked out over a tree, and some of these patients happened to be allocated to a room that looked out over a brick wall. 
and the patients who were looking out over a tree had required less pain medication while they were in hospital and they'd also been discharged earlier so they needed to spend less time in hospital than the people who had been sitting there looking at a brick wall. (laughs) So that indicates that nature, by whatever means, had been beneficial for their recovery. So you just need a view of a tree rather than a brick wall and for those people it they required less pain medication and they had a shorter length of stay in hospital. Yeah, that's right, without even going outside. And so that's why there have been some thoughts now and some research about perhaps virtual reality or maybe even so that you can have more than just a view, you have a whole 3D experience. Perhaps that might be a good option for people who can't go outside. So do you think our existing rehab environments are good enough? I think that's a difficult question. I have recently done an audit of the buildings that are used to house rehabilitation facilities in Victoria, and we don't have a very good way to measure whether they're good enough or not. But I can tell you that less than half of them were purpose-built for rehabilitation, which means that most of them were actually built to be acute medical facilities, which means that they were built to encourage behaviours like bed rest and isolation for infection control. And those things are actually detrimental for the rehabilitation process because resting in bed means that you're doing less physical activity and you're doing less of the repetitions that you need to do in therapy. And isolation means that you're by yourself and you're getting less of the stimulation from the people around you that might be beneficial for your neuroplastic recovery. Because we spend a lot of our time in buildings now, Perhaps architecture is an important part of the environment for us to consider. This is something that Alain de Botton, the philosopher, is being a big proponent of because, as he puts it, architecture makes us feel things, which is actually a very powerful thing because the buildings that we are in affect our mood and our behaviour and it can be quite difficult to change people's behaviour and so we need to tap into whatever way we can do that. So that's five things about stroke rehab environments. Or possibly six. We're not good with counting. Thanks to Jan Chamberlain and Ruby Lipson-Smith. This podcast was made possible by the University of Melbourne. This episode was recorded on the 13th of July 2017. Production by Andy Horvath and Jan Chamberlain. Audio engineering by Gavin Neighbour. Editing by Arch Cuthbertson. The Five Things About Podcast is a University of Melbourne training program created by Dr. Andy Horvath. Still curious? Nip on over to our other podcasts, Up Close and Eavesdrop on Experts, for more. I'm Chris Hatzis.